you seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Futures are down sharply as banking worries reignite in Europe around Credit Suisse. Plus, now the surprise drop in February PPI sends the two-year yield down to 388. Market pricing in a full point of cuts from a peak later this year. Our roadmap is going to begin with fresh financial sector fears. CS's biggest shareholder ruling out further backing of the beleaguered Swiss lender, sending those shares sharply lower. Plus, wholesale prices did post an unexpected February and retail sales fall. Futures, of course, if you may have already seen, are pointing to a sharply lower open. We'll also spend a little time talking about BlackRock's Larry Fink's letter in which he warns a third domino could soon fall. Let's begin with the fresh worries about the banking sector, this time from across the Atlantic. Credit Suisse tumbling to a new record low. Company's largest investor, Saudi National Bank, says it cannot boost its stake in CS beyond 10 percent, citing some regulatory issues. European bank shares have taken a hit, dragging their U.S. counterparts and, of course, the global markets lower, Jim. That's in addition to Larry Fink's letter. Yeah, the market was flat at around quarter of four before uh, we got news that the Saudi entity is not going to put more in. Uh, I want to comment very clearly on this. There is a man to my left who has said ever since Archegos that you should be quite aware that this bank has a lot of problems. It's more than just mistake prone. So, David, when everyone else felt that these guys were the pristine bank that we knew in the 80s and 90s, you were saying that perhaps it no longer is. Well, they've had a series of missteps and a series of different management teams at Credit Suisse for quite some time. Um, and that has made it very difficult for them to progress. That said, the current management team, which has been in there not for that long, has embarked on a restructuring plan, a cost savings plan that we have talked about. But we've also been talking about Credit Suisse over the last, let's call it, four or five months because there has been a flow of assets. In this case, you know, we've been talking about banking crisis. It can get confusing. But here we're talking about wealth management accounts, right? This is what their main business is in Switzerland, right. wealth management. Uh, account, those accounts have been moving out. That has been a concern. It's been a concern for shareholders. It's been seen in some ways as a, uh, uh, a barometer of confidence in the overall institution itself. And it goes to the earnings power of the company. It's one reason why the company did raise $4 billion only a couple of months ago. The Saudis being the largest single investor in that new equity raise. And, of course, the market cap now is already lower than it was when they raised that additional $4 billion. By the way, that was $4 billion on what was around a $10 billion market value at that time. You can take a look there. That was in November, that 9.9% stake. As Carl said... We've got the Saudi National Bank uh, in an interview earlier uh, on another network uh, saying we can't go beyond 9.9 for regulatory reasons. They did affirm their belief in the, in the, in the transformation plan that is underway. Um, but these things take on a reality of their own, whether it is warranted or not. It is often the case 
the CDS, the stock price, the questions that continue about outflows from the company in terms of people saying, I don't need my wealth management account there. That's a question mark here. I will tell you guys, though, and obviously, as you might imagine, I've been speaking to a number of people um, involved with this, close to the, uh, to the bank as well. 14.1% um, capital ratio is strong. Liquidity ratio of 144% to as high as 150% is quite strong. This is not, this is not the banking crisis we saw here with Silicon Valley Bank or Signature, where you're talking about a bond portfolio that's deeply underwater or something else. This goes back to the overall concern, which is people just keep saying, why do I need to bank with you? Why do I need to keep my money at there? I can go across the street to Julius Bear. I can go to UBS. Um, they do have, by the way, a very um, a significant plan with the Swiss National Bank uh, in terms of contingency plans that would provide them even more liquidity should they even need it. But well, the question, Jim, becomes... Does the marketplace need Credit Suisse? And that's sort of where they are in a position where, you know, you got to tell everybody, well, we're good. Say, we have a strong capital ratio. We have strong liquidity, uh, liquidity, but it may be ignored. Here. Well, I, I, I do want to ask you, David. I mean, you say, does the market need it? Not clear. Do the Swiss need it? I mean, it is. Remember when City was in trouble? Uh, well, one of the many times, but there was one time where it was just not in the interest of our nation to have City go on. I mean, right. Is it in the interest of, of the Swiss government to have this go on? Or do they not care? Um, I don't know is the answer. Uh, I, again, my understanding is uh, that they have plenty of contingency plans that would not include that, right. taking them over, that, but, but simply they... providing liquidity if it was necessary, which at this point it doesn't seem to be. This is not a, a liquidity well, then, issue because you're talking more about a wealth manager. By the way, we also know here in the States they're splitting off what will be once again called First Boston. They've essentially are running the company independently, right. but the assets have not been put into the new entity yet. That is still probably a few quarters away from being completed. They did complete the sale and take off their balance sheet of all the securitization to Apollo, the securitization business essentially. Um, they have been moving forward with cost cutting, but the market you know, may be ahead of them. Right. And, and it can be very difficult to continue to reassure a marketplace that just doesn't want to hear it. No, I mean, look, our uh, interest rates are, are just plummeting. I mean, it's just incredible. And that causes tremendous fear. People are like, wow, what's going on with the bonds? Right. Uh, Larry Fink will talk about that. He talks about illiquid situations. Well, one of the more illiquid situations is, is shockingly the U.S. bond market. The U.S. bond market trades, not like, it's like a Russell 2000 here. But I would say that the idea that we are like 2011, we're going to sit here and say, I'm worried about X bank in this country because of Credit Suisse. That's just not true. As a matter of fact, if you're a European bank or a European wealthy person, you might want to be selling our stuff to raise capital because it's better than that. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about what Larry's. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Of I course, you, li- you know, not just duration mismatches. That's what we saw at Silicon Valley Bank, for example, right? They went right. long and they have deposits that are short term in nature, as they quickly found out. But he's also talking about liquidity problems. Um, in terms of driving asset owners to increase their commitments to liquid investments. And so what do you do when you got to sell? Well, um, I mean, right. You have to take big markdowns is what you do. Right. Now, I mean, remember, I think that, that was written. I know he updated it, but before you could go to the uh, discount window and before you could borrow against these underwater bonds, so you know, governments as if they're part. But, Carl, 
Uh, one of the things that happened, I came in this morning, First Republic Bank was up a couple. And I said, oh, well, someone wants First Republic Bank up. Because you don't move that bank. You don't move that common stock at 5.40 a.m. There's no urgency to it. And you watch these things, you say, oh, please. But the, the banks that were, uh, whose stocks were in trouble, not the banks, are, I think, clearly uh, coming home to roost again. Uh, at, at a time when they, a lot of these banks, could sell paper and not be nearly as underwater because of this remarkable move in treasuries. So I think that this is a really good time to suggest, whoa, uh, if you were selling off of Credit Suisse, that's mistaken. I do think, though, that we're going to hear that eventually, and I wrote this in a, a very long tweet this morning, that it's time. You can't have an unnamed Treasury official say everything's fine. Right. You need a named Treasury official saying, we have total confidence and an explicit guarantee for now for more than just $250,000. So go try it. So uh, the upgrades today of, of Schwab at CS, uh, of Discover at B of A, uh, of Truist at City, those make sense? Well, I mean, the, the Discovery, no, because they talked about a dramatic increase in, in credit losses. The uh, Schwab, I mean, what we had there was a very good interview with our own Sarah Eisen, yeah. uh, where the CEO bought 50000 He had money inflows, okay? Uh, and then uh, the... The evidence lab, David, I know you always follow the evidence lab. Oh, yes, you, I do. Right? I mean, because yep. you CSI. I love their, no, I love their their, their show on CBS, too. The yeah, CBS well, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It is um, incredible. Well, they come out and they like their all these things. Their sleuthing is just unparalleled. It, it is. Yeah. It's a syndicated. I think, so what did yeah, they have, Jim? What initiate buy on Western Alliance. Yeah, they wanted, this is the time, David, Western Alliance, too early. You think it's too early? Too early. Uh, too early for Credit Suisse also then? Well, Credit Suisse is getting... Remember, David, one of the things I learned when I was at Goldman Sachs, being taught by, actually by the great David Tepper, one of the, the, the Panthers, is that stocks stop at zero. Mm-hmm. They never go below. No, they don't. No, they don't. No negatives. So let's get away from that whole concept. Well, they got a dollar and 80 cents to go there. Um, well, you know, we got to watch it closely. Again, the market cap now of Credit Suisse is some $7 billion. In other words, all of the $4 billion they raised from the Saudis has been wiped out. By the way, it's the Saudis, though, imperative. continue to be confident uh, in the transformation plan is what, uh, what the head of the Saudi National yeah. Bank said. It gets confusing between the two SNBs, the Swiss National Bank and the Saudi well, National Bank. You know, but, the, uh, the two years under four... That move, that rapid move from a week, less than a week ago, where were we, Carl, on the two-year? We were 5'10", five, 5'12", five, somewhere mm. around there? Right? I mean, that's an, that's, that's we've never what, seen a move like that talking, in that short amount of time. And that's good to begin to bring up Larry Fink because, I mean, that's a, you basically bought something. Let's use the common stock. You bought a, a common stock at five, it's now, you know, it's now, wow. I mean, you made a big move. Made a very big. I mean, I'm, I no. look. I have. I'm only allowed to own treasuries, and I want to sell the treasuries that I bought last week because I was worried about the bank I was in, because it's just a big hit. You're not supposed to make money on the two-year. Okay, that's not supposed to happen. And these moves are hurting someone. Someone is like on the other side of these trades. Yeah, well, we talked earlier in the week about hedge funds or whomever was uh, right. short or leverage short. Leverage uh-huh. short. So we don't know yet. Uh, um, but we do know that this incredible attempt to be able to say that you should buy these regionals, we had great CFO counsel doing a fantastic dinner last night where a lot of the CFOs were telling me, I'm not going to mention specific ones because it's rules that say you can't do that, but 
are saying, look, we're, we're, we're kind of in trouble. We want to keep investing in our community banks, but we can't rely on an unnamed Treasury official. We can't go to our CEOs and say, you know, I kept it with that bank because an unnamed Treasury official told me I was fine. I think that person would say, well, you know, you're an unnamed CFO. All right, we're yeah. going to talk to Elizabeth Warren later this morning about oh. what, what options Congress has or may not have. Goldman last night did say uh, that the actions by the government likely do stem deposit outflows, and they don't expect Congress to make any changes to deposit insurance caps. Well, I think that there's ways to get around having to go to Congress in the short term. We've seen that. This is Jay Powell, the Treasury. They've all been much more aware that if we wait for Congress, it's too late. And by the way, the one thing that Republicans and Democrats all agree is that their biggest givers are these people at these banks. They can't have these banks fail. Right. I mean, it's a, again, we, have a, we have a doctrine in the country that we favor these banks. There's nothing. No, but what Goldman's saying here is, oh, you know, what saying? about the explicit guarantee? Should we just have that? And there well, are those. Yeah. I mean, Mitt Romney has, I believe, been saying that I, that's I where that we that's should go. I think that's what we have to do to and end And that this. continues to be the question in terms of the banking crisis, if you want to call it that, here in our country. Moving away from Europe well, for a moment, that will it, we've talked about this, will it continue? Yesterday was a positive day. Positive right. for the stock prices, positive for sort of confidence. But then we realize Today, it may be a little more damaging because our friends in Europe are having a rough go of it. Dave is absolutely right. I do think that, think about if the, tre- the unnamed Treasury official came forward and said, look, uh, you don't have to worry because we will backstop you. And then everything that you sold today, then David, I've got to tell you, PacWest, it's tough. But, you know, I, I, there is still a question as to whether the stocks aren't correct in, in, in recalibrating the potential earnings are, of these banks. They are, because they're going to they're gonna have to pay more for deposits. Right. Well, that's why Wells they, is down. That's you know, why they're, Morgan is down. They're, right. It is focused people on their held to maturity portfolios, the hits that they potentially take, although things are looking better with that backup with the change in rates over the last yes. few days. Mr. Ray of Sunshine. Um, and then, you know, weakening economy, you can go through it. So there, but there is a question that particularly for those who relied on people they had commercial relationships with being willing to have deposit balances that really weren't earning any, any interest. Right, that was the... That may change. Right. And so if you're First Republic, what's that going to look like for you? Well, look, I mean, yesterday was the day where everyone said that's the time to buy these. Oh, and uh, halftime, everyone was buying First Republic. And I said, look, well, I'm, I think you should buy Apple. Uh, well, I mean, it's not just, I mean, it's a lot of bank CEOs, PacWest among them. You mentioned Schwab, they 13, all come 14 on. million in the but, past uh, couple of days. But, but they're just banks themselves. Someone, they don't want, ta- no one wants the taxpayers to pay for this. So it's a lot, they're going to levy a tax on FDIC and maybe the FDIC tax is going to make it so your earnings power is lower. Uh, remember, this is not an equity issue. It's not like, not like 2008 where the banks didn't have uh, enough equity. Remember when Tim Geithner said you all got to buy more? Yeah. No, it's it, not it's, equity. It's, it's, it's deposit outflow. Right. It's not the capital ratios based on asset quality. It's no, not that even. It's just capital outflow. Right. It's not because they made bad and, loans. No. no. It's not that they bought bad paper. Nope. So the government, look, if the Federal Reserve takes rates to a generational low and you happen to have the bad luck or bad timing or ill-advised nature of going in and buying bonds, treasuries, governments at a generational low, should your bank be closed? Should your depositors be hurt? I think, I think that, yes, you have to wipe out the common stock. I mean, these 
those banks are dead. But I don't see why the depositors should be hurt because you bought treasuries at a generational level. That's not the fault. Of the, but one of the, all the CFOs said the same thing to me, Carl. Do I really have to start checking the held maturity of a bank? Before we were talking I put about that yesterday. You can't do it. I mean, you're not going to expect people to do that. No. And, and uh, um, you may want to check the tangible book value. You may want to, because that's what it may be about now is more than, well, than any earnings. Well, then you don't want to be in City because the tangible book value is very different from the actual stock price. You said that's quizzical. Great. But then City Thanks is for one that, of the Jim. Great- no, but then I was going to tell you. Okay, please do. Yeah, no, the city is the greatest cash management business in the world. That's the one that the CFOs don't want to be with because they know how to manage cash, and that counts toward what they, the cash that they have. Right. So I wanted that was a message that was actually somewhat positive. Okay, good. I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you there as you went to it. Yeah. Big, big part of the debate this morning is when it comes to the Fed, are they? Do they care about PPI negative month on month? Do they care about retail sales hunch, or is it all about financial stability? Well, I just think that, yeah, it's very funny that people feel the most conservative thing they could do and most prudent is to do 0.25 so nobody thinks they're panicked. We, uh, Jay Powell, I think, is going to do based on the evidence. He's not going to say, oh, I have to put on a charade of 0.25 when I said i got to wait to see if there's something that happens. I mean, like, Larry Fink writes a letter, okay, and he does revise it after what's happened. I mean, I think Jay Powell is not sitting there saying, you know what? I don't care that the banking system seems, uh, it's a lot of regional banks are teetering. I think he's saying, well, you know what? That's probably going to cut loan growth. And if it cuts loan growth, the economy's going to slow. Yeah, Apollo today says these small banks are a third of loans in the country. That's who makes and loans. they're going to spend several quarters rebalancing their, yeah, their balance I mean, sheet. Here's, yeah, the, um, here's the JPM desk. CPI really doesn't matter. What has happened over the last three days has done Powell's job for him. Uh, credit conditions will collapse. Economy will slow, even in a good scenario. We'll get inflation rolling off as a result. I, I think that that's true. I mean, before this, we were worried about commercial real estate and tier two buildings. Well, I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about people getting loans right now because these yeah. banks are trying to figure out what their deposit base is. Um, and it's only Wednesday, guys. Uh, you know, yesterday we had a positive tone overall, but I'd said there were people who were down in D.C. that I was speaking to who was talking same. about the concern about same. another big right. wobble, so to speak. Yeah. I don't know if that's today the same thing, and but what I they're keep... seeing in the European banks or whether that is still to come, but it's just... Every day has its own well, we're different tenor at this point. We're waiting the unnamed Treasury official to be Janet Yellen saying, I think that people would be ill-advised to take their money out of these banks. Because it's a Well, they would guy. be. And there is an you know, well, what would happen? implicit guarantee, it would seem, for unassured No, it's deposits. implicit. Let's yeah. make it explicit. I know. That's all. But, What's the problem with that? Then you wouldn't have to, if you're, if you're a corporate treasurer, you would say, you know what? I'm going to keep my money in XYZ Bank. There's no reason to pull it. Because we just got an explicit guarantee from Janet Yellen. That's, you can take that to the bank. Literally. (laughs) Yeah, literally. (laughs) You know, David, they could do, remember, um, never mind, I was going to mention a Think about it. Think about it during the break and we'll. No, because I was going to mention a movie. Oh, another another reference. And you always get mad at me. With I those. do because nobody knows what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. No, don't do it. Don't it, do it. It was a don't Steven do it. Seagal movie. It was not a Ryan Reynolds movie. Have you seen Ryan oh, Reynolds? Ryan's right? having a good day. Yes, yep. he is. We'll get to some other news this morning. I can use aviation gin right about telecom now. Telecom and Apple. We'll stay on top of the banks, of course, and the global sell-off today. In the next hour, as we mentioned, Senator Warren, who has been calling uh, for a probe in the SVB collapse, futures sharply negative uh, on this Wednesday. Don't go anywhere. 
Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Right, we're back keeping a close eye on shares of Credit Suisse this morning and the credit default swaps. It's a story that we have been following for many months now, of course. Uh, the management changes at the bank going back to so many different missteps over years. And the new plan that has been put in place by the current management team to cut costs, to hive off the investment bank here in the United States, to sell the securitization portfolio as they have to Apollo. None of it, though, enough to instill enough confidence in the marketplace, perhaps, to keep people from taking their assets elsewhere. And that's where we're focused this morning. Now, listen, this is a company that has a strong capital ratio, 14.1%, strong liquidity ratio, 144 to 150% of their liquidity needs. None of that seems to matter right now. Earlier this morning, our Hadley Gamble over in Europe did speak to uh, Credit Suisse's chairman, uh, Axel Lehman. This was before, before the action we're seeing right now, but take a listen to what he had to say. For you specifically at Credit Suisse, would you rule out some kind of government assistance in the future? That's not, that's not the topic. Look, we are, we are regulated. We have a strong capital uh, ratios, very strong uh, balance sheet. Uh, uh, we are uh, all hands on deck. So that's not a topic whatsoever. I think one of the key questions, though, continues to be what are they seeing in terms of outflows or not? Because that's what the market had been focused on. They had stemmed, largely stemmed the account departures right. after a very bad October and November. Uh, but you have to believe in this current environment, that may have changed. Even if it's not warranted, as we can say over and over again. And I'm sure that as Mr. Lehman or uh, Ura Corner, the company CEO, would happily say as well, in their belief, it's not warranted. Well, let's think about all the bank crises. Let's go back to 8082. No savings and loans said they were in trouble and needed bank assistance. 1993, no uh, bank said it needed assistance. Uh, 2006, no bank, 2007, no bank said it needed. There is no bank that would ever say they need assistance because it wipes out the common stock. So, Carl, I mean, I think you have to do that denial if you hope to have some sort of financing. But it, it would behoove me to say that you, if, who would buy it at $1.80 if you said we need government assistance? Because the moral hazard of having anyone who buys it at $1.80 making any money is just too great. So I don't, an insurance can't be made. It's not up to, at a certain point, it's not up to the person who's running the bank. It's up to the person who's running the country. Right. And this is a storied institution that would not make the Swiss look good in the Swiss of other banks. 
Uh, we'll watch it, obviously, uh, falling below two this morning, a, a record low. We'll talk about some oil as well, 68.50 yeah, this morning. Just uh, collapse. That's fresh lows for the year going back to mid-December. Dow futures are off their lows, but not by much. We're back in a minute. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Let's talk some markets here. Obviously, it's going to be an eventful open. We mentioned oil before the break, Jim. Uh, got to 69.76. Yeah, I mean, that's a combination. I think Europe is obviously slowing us. We think about it, maybe America. But, you know, we're in a deflationary environment. And all commodities deflate. It just doesn't matter. It's just what happens. I think that people are, the, the take your breath away trade right now is treasuries. And I think the people's uh, view of treasuries is is that there's going to be a stopping in commerce. If there's going to be a stopping in commerce, then sell anything that is boosted by commerce, and that's oil. Plus, we also know that from the IEA that the Russians are pumping much more than we thought they could. The oil stocks were among the strongest performers yesterday. Well, I mean, on the drone crash, there might have been some geopolitical jitters, yeah? You know, look, I... I, what I'm going to caution people is, is that whatever you see on your screen now may not be as bad after after uh, Europe, closes. Europe closes. But it is a little daunting to see so much deflation in front of a Fed meeting where we talked about inflation. And Larry Fink talking about steady and persistent. It's true. Uh, Larry sees uh, three and a half to four for the next several years. Uh, going to be stubborn. Not a new view from Larry, but reiterated today in his letter. I always love his letters. They're incredibly thoughtful. I know everyone wants to focus on what he says about uh, about liquidity issues, but once again, he spends a lot of time talking about climate climate change. And look, that was a big issue. And he he goes over, listen, I'm trying to make as much money for you, which is why I am worried about climate risk. This was the definitive piece, which just says it's not about how he feels. It's about earnings per share. And, And that's quite effective. I don't want to overlook that. 3865 here at the open uh, and the Dow down about 480. Meanwhile, Jim, uh, JP Morgan uh, adding to their underweight on equities. They were already uh, underweight given some of the concerns they've had for a while. B of A yesterday prefers cash this year to stocks because they're looking for total return of two to three on, well, on the S&P. Well, you know, I think that cash is earning less than it was a week ago. I, 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 look, I, I understand why everybody's very bearish. We did come, we had a horrible thing happen this weekend. We dodged a bullet. Uh, I do know that when Cotton Illinois failed, uh, and now we're going back to the 90s, now it's one of the largest banks in the country, that you then had a run in the stock market that was up that was so dramatic that it was the ultimate clearing event. We were worried, we were worried, we were worried. I do think that if someone comes forward from the Treasury and just says, look, uh, it's way overdone. 
uh, we're monitoring. We understand that interest rates have come down dramatically. If banks want to go right now uh, and refinance, we'll stand by them. But, David, it takes someone to come out loud for the administration and say that we will make it so that deposits that are in banks that are smaller than the, the big ones, the SIFIs, are fine. Right. Well, that would, uh, that would calm any other fears. Although, that said, what was done on Sunday should be enough to, to actually make people feel comfortable. But if it should be, and it, it, it could be. But if you're a CFO, how can you justify staying with a, a bank where you don't know what they're... You have to look at their held to maturity. And by the way, can we just say some of the CFOs last night were all unified that those who yelled fire... Uh, using Twitter may have bordered on the irresponsible. <laughs> yeah, that's been going around. Yeah. Well, J- Jim, uh, S&P yesterday, they said we did put FRC on credit watch. Right. But we don't see ourselves adding to that list because we're not seeing the deposit outflow, at least as of this moment. I mean, right. as one major banker told me, it's BAU, Jim, of which I was Googling frantically. It's business usual. That said, is, I, we don't know the numbers. I mean, we haven't gotten numbers. You're not, no, first Republic, you're not going to give us. You're not going to give us numbers. I mean, is JP Morgan going want down? Him. Is JP Morgan going down? Uh, well, there's, this is not really a quiz, but uh, if we think there's less lending because things are a little more frozen, if we think there's commercial real estate problems, and David, if we think that every bank is going to be levied, are you look at it. Try to I'm here. trying to read my text All because right. it's real time here. Well, go ahead. Why don't you sadly, I'll talk to Carl. No, you can still talk to me. You can multitask? I can do both. Multitask? Yeah. I, I'm just saying that we don't know what the levy will be. We don't. And, and we don't. That, we don't. And we come back to it again. The earnings power of these banks may certainly be impacted. Um, you know, even a Schwab, some would say, well, were they sweeping everything? You know, they were taking advantage of obviously very low rates on money, money that was sitting in, there. Right, right. Um, not questioning their ability to survive, but, but simply saying power. their earnings power. Their earnings and power so is that, reduced. That's certainly going on. But Other we, names, it's a different story. I think there's still concern about First Republic, um, warranted or not. But Well, uh, they did lend against securities that were uh, not public. Right. Uh, and then you've got the concern of the European banks. We started the show with it. We should go back to it now, Credit Suisse in particular, because there's an important point to be made here, You know, you, which is, I mean, to, to Jim's point in a sense, if you are a counterparty, you're always looking, well, how much do I have it right. there, and do I need to increase my margin requirements when dealing with Credit Suisse? Thank you. That's and then really if you, big issue. If you increase your margin requirements, where does that come from? Well, that depletes their capital ratios to some extent for them. Liquidity. And so that becomes an issue. And it keeps building on itself. Right. But these are things that if you're a money manager, you, just, you kind of don't want to worry about. I mean, you, you just say, you know what, I don't, I don't need this trouble. I want to get away from the banks. They're too risky, Carl. There's, that's just kind of the way money managers work. Uh, it, it, it's not like Netflix is down $5. Right. Actually, we got a new call on Netflix, Oppenheimer, uh, reiterating a buy, 415 target. Their basic point is um, less competition because others are focused on profitability. Right. I thought that that was actually a thoughtful note. Uh, I think that the thoughtful notes are coming from uh, away from finance because what happens is is that 
there's money that gets sold and then it's going to be put somewhere. If you see rates where they are, which is a dramatic decline, then suddenly you say, wait a second, that yield that I was getting that didn't look competitive from a major company is a lot more competitive today. So I know about the call into cash, but that was a better call last week than this week. Yeah. How about, I mean, housing's working. I don't know if that's Lenar well, or was rates. I mean, she's Stuart, Stuart Miller. I mean, anyone who was on that call, uh, well, I, you know, last, they do a conference call this morning, but the, their release was rather incredible. They're, they're doing very well. Now, the overall market is down. That stock was up four last night. But they're in this environment where the, the Fed is doing everything it can to cool housing, good luck. It's not happening. Housing remains very strong. Once rates dropped, they actually were very, very yeah. Well, then rates dropped in February, so then orders yeah, spiked. We, we asked Spencer were, Raskoff about that yesterday. Yeah, Spence. We, we wanted to know if the reaction function would be the same as we saw in the first part of the year. Would it be? Or do you think the consumer mindset, the home buying mindset is different, where relief in mortgage rates would result in the same bounce in traffic? Stuart Miller said absolutely yes. He's the dean of that group of, Doug Yearly, I shouldn't say, totally. Stuart Miller is, I've known him and knew his father at Lenora, the great home builder in this country. And they, I was shocked at how sensitive, I bet you also had Diane Ola talk this morning, and people buy it. Yep. Uh, people, a lot of people buying with cash. David, if we could just go to 11.40, say 11.30 this morning. You want Europe to close. Yeah, right. I just think you that want Europe to close. I want to see when Europe's close because we're what? such a great source. Right. Of, and, you know, right about that time, maybe even earlier, Ryan Reynolds will be here. <laughs> I'm very excited. Uh, I know you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because he's a great man, and I don't think that, I know it's not time for levity, Ted Lasso, but there (laughs) is a life outside of this where there are companies like Mint, which is being bought for more than a billion dollars, which is Ryan Reynolds' company, by Mike Siebert, whom I know you care for at T-Mobile. That's happening today. And that's happening whether the the Swiss make better cuckoo clocks than anybody in the world. You can ask Ryan, where is he going to put that money? Will he deposit it at a regional bank or perhaps at a... Well, remember, he's Canadian. A lot of people thought that RBC was going to buy. Remember that rumor? Who floated that? I don't know. I don't know who floats lots of different things. But But in a market like this, by the way, you do need to deal with with rumors as well that can be uh, obviously incorrect but still have an impact. Right. Because there is a lot of fear. But there, again, I go back to we're worried about Credit Suisse, uh, but when when the Saudis pulled out is when this market dropped. Otherwise, we have well, they headline. didn't pull out. Well, said they're not going to buy more. Right. Buy more. Right. Not the Saudi National yeah, Bank owns 9.9%. Right. They were the big buyer when the company sold $4 billion right. worth of new share, new right. stock only a couple months in November. Um, obviously, the market right. cap now is, that's all gone. That money's gone away. Right. Um, but that was to help with the plan here, the transformation plan that is underway at Credit Suisse. But what the Saudis did say is, we're not going a Above the 9.9%. Uh, right. They did it, also say that, they believe in the transformation plan. Uh, but again, with Credit Suisse, despite what are strong capital ratios and potentially strong liquidity you ratios, you have to worry about As counterparty risk, uh, counterparties increasing the margin requirements, which puts pressure on them. And you just got to, you know, liquidity. Well, and I'll tell you what, it ends up being hour by hour at a, is, at a, in a situation like this. But I want like to get this. away from that for people at home. Okay. Because they don't want to trade hour by hour. All right. I mean, no, I'm no, just saying, no. at Credit Suisse, yeah, yeah. it's hour by hour. Oh, for that. You heard like, even the chairman's like, it's all hands on deck. Well, I, you know, you keep mentioning about the ratios, which tells you that someone should come in. I just think if the government were to go by, 
you know, look, the Saudis save City at five. That, that's obviously not going to happen because the Saudis are not saving. But, David, if you had to ask me what stock you could buy right now that will be up at the end of the day. Meta. Bristol Myers. Ah, Bristol Myers. Yeah, I got a good. Remember, Bristol Myers yields 3.45. That's kind of like what you were getting with Treasuries. Remember when Treasuries were at five? I don't know how long ago that was. Whose letter did you like more, Larry Fink's or Mark Zuckerberg's from yesterday? I thought Mark Zuckerberg's was an epistle. Not unlike the uh, what was you know, the, what Martin Luther slammed to the door. Mm-hmm. It was that. It was that. 14 points, we had yeah. the memo. Um, uh, Meta now backing off of uh, NFTs. Uh, the glowing uh, sell side calls yesterday. I think Evercore called it a slingshot EPS well, opportunity. Uh, Moffat Nathanson r- raised their amount of money that they think they're going to save. I mean, we're talking about seven, eight billion dollars they can save. So even if the revenues stay flat. Well, I mean, there's an explosion. Some earnings. believe that with, with TikTok on the ropes, maybe revenues don't stay flat. Maybe Look, they accelerate. I, I, you know, I understand that Instagram is doing very well. Uh, by the way, I was speaking with someone in commercial real estate who said the possibility that they'll just pull out of New York is not is possible, but they'd have to pay a lot to well, get out. Well, they have the space, and they're leasing it for years, so you can you take have to pay out. You have to pay get out of those contracts. Really? But then you again, sure? he's saying like, you got to come in. Uh, yeah, or else. you got to come into the office. Like, why would you think that? Well, because I think you can consolidate. You don't need all these offices. Yeah, but I think you buy Meta. I don't know the specifics of their real estate contracts. I do know that they've leased a lot of office space, well, and uh, it's not well, always easy to get out of that. Well, you can pay to get out of those deals, but I think that he's he's incre- he's focused totally on profitability, and next year is going to be the. Remember, it's efficiency, 10 to 20 times. 20 times efficiency. I would buy that stock simply because I now know at 14 times earnings, it belongs at 270. 270. Well, I mean, it's think, I think it's 305. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, it's a cash machine. It was, they had too many people. All right, he's being overly conservative, I think. But he's the first. The, he's, he's running his company as, as if it's a great American industrial company. I want to ask you about Apple while we're on mega cap tech because uh, the Foxconn warning about consumer electronics demand uh, sort of rejiggering their bonus schedule uh, right. in- internally. But I think that, that the old days when Foxconn was Apple are over. And I think that Apple has always been terrific at disguising who they're using, but it was hard to disguise Foxconn. I no longer regard what Foxconn says to be, you know, when they sneeze, Apple doesn't have a cold. When Foxconn has a cold, I think Apple's like got a mask on or something. <laughs> um, guys, well, there you go. That must be Ryan Reynolds. Wow. Maybe, yeah. Uh, hope everybody's okay. Um, M&A front, guys. We got oh, a, got I, well, we've got, you expected it. I was hearing a lot of concern whether the Surface Transportation Board would finally approve Canadian Pacific's uh, acquisition of Kansas City. What did I tell uh, you? Southern, and they did. Uh, what did I tell you? And what was at stake here, if you recall, because of the structure of the deal, which was announced, remember years ago, we had that battle, of course, mm-hmm. that went on. Canadian Pacific won it. Uh, and then they agreed because there was so much concern about the regulatory um, pushback. They agreed to basically buy Kansas City, all oh. the stock. They took that all off your hands. They would be in such a disastrous place if they had to sell all of that. What a deal. But they don't. Kansas City Southern, you're not going to see. They bought that already. They had it basically in a trust. Now they can consolidate it, and you can see the the impact on Canadian Pacific stock prices. They have a trunk line from Canada all the way down to central Mexico where they will be able to import everything that's too heavy that's made in the truck 
and car business, they have it. Um, I, well, I would buy that. If stock. I wanted to, I could look at Appendix A in, on page 187 at the maps. Let me get to at the maps. Uh, this is a 200-page uh, filing from decision from the Surface Transportation Board. You want me to go to that? What the maps page? Here, let me yeah, see. Maps page. Here. No, 187. Yeah, I'll go to it. This is an amazing transformational deal because KSU is one of the greatest railroads. Look, the Necus River Bridge. See that? Yeah. See how far it goes to Mexico? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Mexico? Beaumont, Texas. No, it goes to Mexico. All right. I don't, wait. Routes through Houston Terminal via trackage rights. Uh, there's all sorts of great stuff in this no, but Matt, I mean, I You're like, going to enjoy it. Look, can I just understand that this created a rail colossus, not unlike what Commodore Vanderbilt put together when he built... Look. The New York Central. They've got a map of Ottumwa, Iowa. Isn't that where radar yeah, was from in Mass? But he killed you yeah. to go to Mexico, for heaven's sake. Meantime, page 193 is Mexico. Meanwhile, downgrade of uh, Norfolk Southern today uh, yeah. out of Argus. Oh, they go to yeah. hold on these the cost of uh, remediation in well, Ohio. That, that, those shares are back below the uh, initial fall on the accident. Yeah, East Palestine. I, I had uh, clean harbors on. That's a tough one. That's going to be a tough cleanup. And I think that... What's going to happen is if you were running your railroads at 40 miles per hour, maybe you got to slow it to 25. Maybe even at the, you know, they'll, they'll come up with rules to make it so if you're carrying hazardous waste, maybe those have to be much slower. It's going to hurt the Rail profitability. Hurt the profitability. Speaking of transports, Jim, uh, interesting uh, tables yesterday circulating about the fraying of the reopening trade, and that's airlines, but also cruise lines and, and hotels. I'm not buying it. Uh, there's just still too much in the uh, long, long money sh- uh, short life. We're still seeing that six. If you could get, by the way, the CPI, the worst part was tickets. Oh, I'm, Air Force were up 6'4", right. right, month on but, month. But, but don't you think if, if, if jobless claims spike, are we going to keep planning vacations? We're now starting to use, according to um, Katie Uberty putting out that chart yesterday from Morgan Stanley. You know, I think, I think she's fabulous, uh, which says that we're now tapping into savings. I'm trying to get that from Visa and MasterCard. Sure, that's sure. Uh, and they're not just from the excess capital that you got from uh, COVID. But, you know, today is the first day that chi- that you can go to China. And get a visa. And get a visa. Yeah. And so this, we've all been waiting for China to reopen. China has not reopened. China reopens today for business, which is rather remarkable. People thought it wasn't open. Well, also the first day that you can use chat GPT-4. Right. Yesterday when we were doing the Mad Dash, we were talking about NVIDIA. I was talking about, of course, my concerns. Right. What did they concerns about AI? They got a 34 on the ACT? And we're, yes, they, they did well on the SAT. Well on the SAT. SAT. But I, I know that, but I'm asking about and the, on the bar exam. A lot of schools say crush the bar. They crushed the bar? I studied for like six months for that and, bar. They uh, the bar. AP English lit, like 18th percentile. You got to be not kidding great. Not, not great. great. But oh, well, you know what? Yeah, they're derivative. Listen, we're that how much many, closer to the end of the human species. I think that's fair to say. Uh, David. Don't you? How did this, what does that GPT-4 run on? Excuse me? What does it run on? It runs on NVIDIA chips. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. Thank you for saying that. You're I welcome. thought you were going to say like, Duncan. Like, no. a, like a defense attorney leading the it, witness. It March 21st. You know that right now Jensen Wong is in deep, almost not, you know, deep dive for the March 21st. It's going to be great. It is. That and NVIDIA stock way, is going to go CEOs? really far when all those... Robots are running the planet and we're their slaves. I'm sure they're going to take that as currency. It'll be really helpful for you. You continue to go with the uh, Skynet thing. I do. I, I, I don't do. appreciate that. I just don't like the fact that 10% of those working on this think it could lead to the end of the world. And they're still doing it. You know, have you taken a look at Bristol Myers in the world? 
Um, you know, Jim talks about things happening outside of the banking uh, worries. Uh, we got two things in streaming today. One is Ted Lasso on Apple TV. Right. Uh, the new season premieres tonight. On this uh, latest episode of Binge that I do, we talked to John Favreau, uh, creator of He's The Mandalorian so on oh Disney Plus, uh, which is streaming on Wednesdays. And we actually talked about a bunch of things, AI in production, the economics of streaming, and the return of Bob Iger. Here's what he said. He was there when I first started collaborating with Disney. Uh, back around Iron Man 2. And it's so interesting watching someone like Iger both anticipate what's coming next, but not push too fast and too far into the future. When you're leading such a, a large company, well, there are fans, certainly, but there's also stakeholders in what you anticipate is coming and how to prepare for the future, but still let the people who you're working with feel that you're supporting them creatively. And what I like about Bob Iger, he knows it's about story. We had Eisner on yesterday, who, who seems to think that Disney can work through some of these issues in Florida, on culture, and this, so forth. The stock's plummeting. My chapters owns it. We looked to buy it. Favreau is, I think, one of the most brilliant people of our time. And he just said, basically, this is the guy I want to work with. And that's great. It's interesting, though. Remember, uh, I, I just last week said there's probably going to be less for Lionel Mar on uh, Marvel. Which I thought, look, he has to do what he has to do. He knows, he knows movies better than I do. But I think that American, America's point is much more as possible. <laughs> hey, David, you know, name me someone in Iron Man who was in for a minute in the greatest box over since, <laughs> and who only got a hack. Uh, that would be um, who is Jim Cramer, Jim Cramer. right? I got yeah. Stark Industries baseball cap. Oh. Everyone else made millions. That shows your uh, your acumen My when acumen. it comes to making money. You know why I did it? Because I like Favreau. I'm not kidding. I said, oh, Favreau wants me in. Oh, that's so great. I want to be in. I want to be in. And that was the end of that. Yeah, well, well it's a really good it's negotiation been a, tactic. It's been a good spot, though. I mean, I've My seen it, I've seen it so many really, times. I know. Yeah. I know. Anytime, David, the financials are falling apart, you're talking about Iron Man? Actually, I wasn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, I uh, was. I just, I want to urge something that you usually don't hear. How about calm? I mean, you think the Treasury isn't watching this and thinking, okay, well, look, let's just, we, we value community banks. There's an imperative in this country. It's a doctrine. Or else we would let JP Morgan we'd be like Britain. It's not our goal to be like Britain. We want banks in neighborhoods. It is not so hard to say, listen, temporarily until we figure this out. There's no need to take any money out because we'll guarantee. Right. I mean, they should be doing that, and they should be doing it in about, like, an hour. Uh, Brookings did a piece yesterday basically saying when you have long periods where no bank fails, that's a problem, where, the, where risk, risk, risk mindset becomes homogenous. Well, and we know that, that Silicon Valley Bank was uh, sui generis because they had this very small deposit base that was eroded entirely by a couple of people who went to Twitter and say, listen, this thing's no good. But what I think is, and, and remember, First Republic did loan against common stocks were closed, and Signature was, you know, now they're talking about criminal investigation. So we're not, like, talking about banks that are pristine that, that something went wrong. No, although, it, it be, I mean, a, we don't know what any investigation will find, but on the face of it, making a decision to go long in your bond portfolio is in no way criminal. It was just yeah. a bad choice. Reaching for that yield at that point in time, as Silicon Valley Bank appeared to do, was a bad choice. But, but, but man, yeah. we have lots of we have lots of common stocks that do not have the level of risk that banks have that are suddenly uh, much more valuable because of the plummet in yields. I mean, I was, for the Chapel Trust, I was telling 
people, uh, club members, many we do this home stretch, we do the morning meeting, that look, there's, we built the portfolio with the idea that interest rates were going to go lower in the short term. And don't worry, one day during the, next, the 10 years that we own these stocks, interest rates could go lower. But do they and stay then, there? I mean, if, if this well, hopefully resolves in a fairly short amount of time, are we once again talking about a terminal rate being... Six percent, as was the case right only now, a week ago. Or six, seven. I don't think you need to do that. Now I look because the damage will have been the contractionary well, actions that have occurred as a result of this concern about the banks. Well, I mean, will be enough. Look, go over what was in the CPI that was up. It's the area that you thought it's still travel and leisure. A lot of the other CPI, even by the way, foodstuffs were down. Yeah. So CPI could roll over here, and. Commercial real estate could roll over, and loan growth could go over, and startups could decline. And and oil and commodities, and, and M2's already is, negative. And and what is, when does j say, okay, look, I'm winning, uh, my strategy's working, and I'm going to stay the course, let's have it keep working. Why, why isn't that, uh, two weeks ago, if we had these numbers without the crisis, we'd say, geez, it's really going the Fed's way, it's got a soft landing going here. Uh, yep, it's definitely the the backside of, of that. Isn't it? What we thought. Plus, by the way, your earnings, pa- the your your stock portfolio is not making inspiring a lot of confidence. <laughs> You're not running to restoration hardware well, and buying that two thousand dollars sofa. Real real income is sharply negative for the wealthy in this yes. country because of what you're saying. Yeah, David. Um, yachts. I just, I just bought a sofa at restoration hardware. I think. Which pay? Are you a club member? You get a discount at least. Yeah, of course we have to be. Right, have yeah. to be a club member. You don't want to tell me? No, I'm not going to discuss that on air. No. <laughs> as, as Jim says, we're watching Europe closely. And on that note, let's get to Juliana Teitelbaum in London watching Credit Suisse. Morning, Juliana. Good morning. We certainly are watching Credit Suisse. Investors across the globe are watching the troubled lender. The European Bank's index uh, has fallen about 7% today, and the bulk of the sell-off has come from Credit Suisse. Shares plunging as much as 30% at one stage to a new record low. Credit Suisse bonds plummeting, CDS widening significantly in what some are calling a crisis of confidence. Now, the heavy selling in Credit Suisse came after top shareholder Saudi National Bank ruled out providing more financial assistance to the lender. And this triggered a sell-off across the European banks. Uh, Trade in several of the lenders automatically halted earlier today due to the sharp falls. Now, Credit Suisse has been trying to reassure the market throughout the day. The Credit Suisse CEO said this afternoon, we are a strong bank and overshoot all regulatory requirements. Our liquidity base is strong. And before that, Axel Lehman, the chairman of Credit Suisse, spoke to our own Hadley Gamble and said that the bank has strong capital ratios, a very strong balance sheet, and that all hands are on deck. But clearly, this is a troubled lender, and the market has yet to be convinced. It's faced problem after problem and is currently facing headwinds on a number of fronts. At an idiosyncratic level, the bank is engaged in a multi-year complex transformation. They're trying to stem outflows. And as of yesterday, the bank said outflows had stabilized to much lower levels but had not yet reversed. And on top of that, the bank is, of course, dealing with sector-wide concerns stemming from the SVB collapse. So now investors 
are wondering what comes next, whether Credit Suisse will ultimately have to be rescued. And on that front, uh, whether a takeover is potentially on the cards if uh, the story doesn't turn around. When asked about a potential CS takeover at a conference today, the UBS CEO responded, our strategy is organic. We are focused on ourselves. So for now, that doesn't seem like an option for Credit Suisse. And all of this comes at the same time that the European Central Bank is meeting tomorrow and potentially going to take its foot off the gas when it comes to rate hikes, which had been a tailwind for the sector. So a lot of focus on Credit Suisse and the broader banking sector today. Guys? We will yeah. see. We got a pause in Canada, and they're yeah. talking pause here, Juliana. Well, I do think that at a certain point, it's a little reckless. For I, I, look, I, I still favored the quarter point just because I want to. You know, this is kind of like the vampire; it can come back in the last five minutes, and, right? Uh, you know. Although, I yeah. mean, the argument yesterday was, oh. why would you raise when you're just going to cut if you believe in cuts? Well, I because because of a guy like Larry Fink, who's very thoughtful. Who's, I mean, unless he decided this morning, you know, I'm looking at the world. And, uh, and inflation is less persistent. I just think you still have some persistent. You know, when you're paying a dollar eighty nine for a Honeycrisp apple in Target, I mean, that, you know, that's, that's we still have inflation. We still have significant inflation so, like, in a number of different. I sectors. think Jay Powell, in order to win, has to say, "Look, I'm Volcker." Remember, Volcker is sixteen. He could have stopped, but he said, "No, we're taking it up even more because don't mess, don't, don't you dare raise prices." That's what we have to have, is we have to have them say, don't you dare raise prices or we will we'll come after you. That's what he has to say. I mean, the, the other argument is that the Fed, the whole committee is, they're not paying attention to the Zillow uh, and the high frequency leading indicators, ZipRecruiter, because they got burned on transitory so bad. No, they did. That's why I think that they have to, look, they can come out and say, look, we're going to keep raising if we see the, if we see of the chaos of this month, and we still have inflation, you can bet we're going to raise it. In conjunction, we're also going to back the Treasury in saying that we're not going to allow these community banks to fail because they're too important in their, in their regions. And we're not going to get to a situation where the only banks that are existing in this country are Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan, and Bank of America. We, that is not an imperative Dating from the founding fathers, we have not favored that kind of concentration. We can't let First Republic, Key Corp, Comerica, Zions go down. That's not in the interest of America. So we're going to not let you feel underconfident if you keep your money. They have to do it, David. Those and banks to those who would say, well, that allows country. moral hazard, that allows moral these hazard. banks to, that allows, I'm just saying just, the other, you know, oh, Ken Griffin, you heard it, that allows these banks to pursue risky Risky um, lending, risk all sorts of risk-taking behavior they otherwise would not. By the way, that may very well not have been the case here, right. although there are a couple of banks that were particularly concentrated, whether it in their deposits that were clearly more fleeting than they had well, anticipated look, or on their asset side. Look, you, look, it's not in our interest to have that regional bank. It's not in the national interest. There's a, there's a doctrine that's that those banks should be should right. exist. But the Fed's can, first thing is to make sure they maintain financial stability. So, you know, yeah. if they feel things are really not looking stable, well, okay. are they still going to raise? If an unnamed Treasury official said that we're fine, this is a really good time for that unnamed Treasury official to name themselves. It's not hard. I mean, it's irresponsible to continue to say I'm unnamed and I'm fine. It's irresponsible to the federal government and Treasury to sit here and say to the press, you're fine, but I'm not going to reveal who I am. That is just not the government right now 
that treasury official is being Man, very irresponsible. That really, that really sticks with you, doesn't it? You just well, you won't, because, you won't let go of that one. Because I, I met with Sarah Eisen. How many CFOs did we meet last night? She's over here. And everyone said, well, look, you know, an unnamed tre- I'm going to go right to the CEO and say, look, I'm okay. An unnamed treasury official said I don't have to do a thing. Oh, really? Well, why don't you go spend five days a week out of the office? You know who's on Mad tonight? I don't. Tell me, who's on Mad Money tonight, The coolest Jim? guy on earth. Really? Yeah. Ryan Daredevil? And I think that, oh, my God, I really do have him. I think Andrew Ross Sorkin was shocked when I said I had him. You know, yesterday, Sarah Eisen had Schwab, and I thought that was a great get. Schwab to you. Until I saw that I had Ryan. <laughs> then you felt better. He did sell his company for one Yes. I mean, look, there are things happening at all times that are good. A guy starts a company at one point, too. He also had aviation gin. He's, his father's Canadian bounty. We're counting on the Canadians to bail us out. They're bailing out our railroads. You know, I say, oh, Canada, partner. <laughs> Been in Toronto lately? I have not. Cool as old Canada. Is it? You ought to take a trip. Up I, I, I'm all about Canada. <laughs> when I think of David, I think I of always think Canada. Yeah. yeah. You know, I once went up because there was a sale at Hudson's Bay during my, like, horrible hedge fund day. Yeah. You, know, I mean, you went up there? Yeah, because it's a dollar differential. Yeah. We'll go to Hudson Bay. Get some nice suits. Right, we'll see you tonight, Jim. Oh, you, what are you wearing today, 6 Jim? 6 p.m. Eastern time. I'm doing my right. eyes. Yeah. We're getting some data of inventories in NAHB. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.